0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Just a Minute Sports. My name is Casey Wright, and my guest today, well,
1: we finally, finally got him here. It took long enough. Uh, Mr. Luke Schneider, how you doing there, Luke? Thanks for having me. I'm excited about the the new format and uh, it's gonna be fun.
0: How do you like the new format? Do you like this little this little setup? I right like
1: there? it just because you're more in control of everything. Um, you're not really on a time clock. You can do your own editing, say what you want when you want, go as long as you want. So I think I think it's better for you and and your create creativity. so I'm and, excited. and uh, you know've we've, we've been getting a lot of good feedback
0: from our last coffee talk with Anthony Travato. That was one Fine. of the things. That we added to our show here, and the coffee talks have been taking off. Matter of fact, I had at least—and this is no joke. This isn't like a fake number. At least ten people text me saying, "Hey, we really, really want to be on the coffee talk. Like that is a genius idea. We like the how how calm and you know just natural it is. And I think people get a little intimidated when they come on the actual show because you know, they don't yeah. know about basketball, if they don't know about baseball, if they don't know about football, they're gonna be like, okay." You know, I don't really want to do that show because I don't really understand the topics. Now, do you think
1: do you, you know. think Vado's gonna beat the number? Like anyone's gonna beat Vato's number of f bombs? I don't think anybody will beat that number of f bombs. <laughs> matter of fact, I don't
0: think anybody. Wait, you has- should add a
1: counter on the video. Well,
0: it was, you know, it's funny. It was me and him were talking about. Me editing the show, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, he said, we uh, you know we went through the first five minutes, and I already bleeped out a lot of them. And he said, I didn't curse that much. It, it, it. Said down. <laughs> he said, he said it calms. He, but he said he was like it calms down as I go on, and I'm like Fado, I'm like oh, I'm, I'm on the fifteenth minute right now, and I'm still putting them in. So uh, anyway, we have a great show for you today. We have a lot of good topics. We actually have. It's actually just all football today, honestly. NC, uh, NCAA, and NFL, mainly because. This weekend is a pretty big weekend for the NFL and for the NCAA with the National Championship. Before we get the show started, we'd like to remind you that Just Demanded Sports is sponsored by Enigmatic, producing entertainment both in the Orlando area and the entire East Coast. For more information, go on their website at engmtc.co or any social media platform at engmtcent. So, before we also get the show started, we'd like to talk about uh, Luke's product, Cleat Clear, which is a new product that he's coming out soon Take it away
1: yeah so uh didn't know i was getting a plug today but here's here's the product um basically i met an engineer in college and we came up with this idea i had it for probably seven years now i um, been working on it for the last two three years pretty hard um partnered up with some some cool guys like sean kelly who runs jersey champs uh, he's been written about in forbes etc um, and then alex katz he owns stadium custom kicks and Together we're kind of launching this product at spring training this year going to be used by a bunch of pro athletes and going to be available to order um, In March, so basically a quick what rundown? Cleans dirt off the bottom of your cleat so you use it to clean the dirt off the off the cleat and uh, This side's measured to fit around metal baseball spikes this sides fit to measure around uh, plastic spikes like for football or soccer so Pretty excited about it, finally get it off the ground um, and get a lot of cool people using it. Uh, Got to go to MLB Network this past week uh, when I was up in the city for New Year's. Lots of lots of, lots of traction and really excited about the future. So yeah, thanks for letting me talk about it. You're gonna yeah, of course. And he's you're gonna see this everywhere. And you know, unfortunately, I wish I had it
0: in college because you know that was a huge problem, especially during the rain and rainy season down here. It's brutal to get the mud and muck out of your cleats. So please go check him out on social media and his. Uh, I believe the, is your website launched yet for it yet. It's, or, it's
1: it? you can visit it, but it's not live
0: yet. All right, we'll it's, put a we'll put a picture right. Now, and then uh, you'll see, check them out on Cleek Clear Designs. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a big product, especially starting down here and moving forward. Yeah, cleekclear.com Cleet Clear on Instagram. So today in sports history, today, January 10th, 1982, NFC Championship Candlestick Park San Francisco 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys in 2027, known as the iconic catch game in NFL history when Dwight Clark made a fingertip catch for a touchdown with Joe Montana with 58 seconds remaining in San Francisco, went on to win one of many Super Bowls in that era. In 1986, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of the Los Angeles Lakers scored his 34,000th career point during the 124-102 win over the Indiana Pacers. He's the only NBA player to ever reach that milestone at that time, and he also remains the all-time leader at 38,387. One more basketball one for you. In 2003, the NBA announced Charlotte, North Carolina, awarded with an NBA expansion team known as the Charlotte Bobcats, which quickly changed, thanks to Michael Jordan, to the Charlotte Hornets in 2014. And unfortunately, they are still having more issues, especially with Kemba Walker already out the door after such a short amount of time. They
1: should have kept uh, Adam Morrison. He was balling.
0: I like the Bobcats <laughs> name, too. I don't know what the people's beef with that was. I, I really like the Bobcats name. I don't know why they I think it was away.
1: more just they wanted to go back to the historic with the Hornets name, and so they could kind of rebrand the New Orleans franchise. That's fair.
0: So our first topic today, let's get it underway. The NFL playoffs are obviously going on. Tomorrow, we're going to have two games. Sunday, we'll have two more, and then we'll see the four teams that are going to be left. But let's go back to the wild card very briefly, tell you what happened there. In the AFC, the Texans took care of the Bills in their first time in the playoffs. It seemed like a decade. They beat them in overtime, 22-19. to 19, In a game where Josh Allen had to close and finish. And we knew that was going to be the scenario, but he didn't. He didn't finish. He didn't close the game. He made too many mistakes down the stretch, even getting them back into overtime, which I think was really interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a great game to watch. It kind of felt more of like a college game with Deshaun and Allen going at each other at the end, and there wasn't really any, like, crazy spectacular plays. No. It was just kind of like, eh, for, like, the whole fourth quarter and overtime when someone was supposed to make a big play. It was just kind of like... The Texans fell into a win almost. Yeah, it
0: it was one of those games where obviously either team could have came out the victor, but the Bills, they made so many mistakes at the end. And the offensive line for the Bills was just collapsing. Yeah, it was like that, Houston it made Houston's defense look like the best and they are a good defense. Let's not take credit away from them. But they made Houston's defense look like it just an incredible front. front there was the
1: post. there was the one third and fourth down play. They were the Bills were in like field goal range almost at collapsed. the end of the regulation, and then two plays in a row, Allen got sacked for like negative ten yards on both plays. It was like seriously. And then he tried to do the lateral and went oh, yeah. That was that was so bad. <laughs> That's something I would have done.
0: The uh, other AFC game that was just an absolute mind breaker was the Titans beating the New England Patriots twenty to thirteen. Now this game was only fourteen. To 13, I believe, until the pick six. So they were only really up by one point anyway. Yeah. So this was a game that went down to the wire. New England, again, always going to be the favorites in the postseason. That's what everybody thinks. People just know Tom Brady in the last decade, last 20 years, matter of fact. This has been the organization that people will stand by in the postseason. But every NFL analyst and even us as fans kind of saw. This was a different New England team. They had lost to Miami the previous week, Mm -hmm. which put them in this wild card game nonetheless. And then going into this game, the most important thing that I looked at was going to be whether or not this team could get on the ground running. Tennessee's got a great defense. We've already seen that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Can New England beat a proper playoff team? The fact that they lost to Miami the week before, that's bad. That shows that this team either got too comfortable or they were not as good as we thought they were. And records may display how good teams are, but sometimes they don't. And I yeah. think in the postseason, that's where the records really come to you know fruition of us to see whether or not these teams are legit or not. This week in the Divisionals, we're going to talk about here in just a second some of the teams that we've never seen at this position in a long time. And we have to make a decision here tonight or today, whenever you're watching this, what team we think is actually going to prove to be the better team You know in these divisional rounds moving to the championships and in the wild card it's the teams that just barely make it so new england the team that not only won their division but got to a point where we thought we were going to see another championship year there was a lot of question marks going into this game after they lost against miami and i think luke this
1: kind of answered all of them yeah um the big step for me that stuck out in the titans pats game was I think there was some stat they were talking about where if New England defense let up more than 120 rushing yards on the ground, then they're like a horrible losing record, which is one of their 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 biggest faults, obviously, in the game. Derrick Henry ran for I think over 160 yards by himself, so right there put them in a bad position. And and the New England defense was solid all year, even the the beginning of the year. They were I I just know from fantasy they were like one of the top fantasy defenses the first five, six weeks. So it was kind of – I knew they were going to want to take away – the pass to limit it to just the run but I thought they'd have a better game plan on defense especially with Belichick to come out and at least limit Henry to less than 100 yards
0: yeah and and it was New England's defense this year in my opinion that's what got them some of the wins they had some you know incredible offensive productions first teams that did not have good defenses in that sense but yeah I think the defense for New England definitely should have stepped up And again, we're going to talk a little bit later in the show about if we think this could be the end for them in their dynasty. The Vikings, they continued to be sort of kind of the underdog favorites in the playoffs. I mean, Kirk Cousins, you know, found a way to win in the postseason. And you just feel for the Saints. I mean, this team, it happened again, by the way. I didn't want to bring it up because this could be a whole other topic of discussion. End of the game, potential pass interference call wasn't called. A lot of people argued that it wasn't a call. Luke, we'll hear your opinion in a second, but the Vikings did win 26-20 to move to the, div- the divisional round, and it's back to the drawing board once again for the New Orleans Saints.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think the, the foul was egregious enough to call in that situation, to be honest. I think we're all just biased um, a little bit because we we're, were empathetic to the Saints last year, but all these teams that won, I think Vegas had as underdogs, so I think that's a huge Huge storyline um, about the the Vikings. Um, obviously, nobody saw them going into New Orleans, into the Dome, and beating the Saints at home. But I think the main storyline from this whole Wild Card round was I think every single underdog won, which was really surprising. So as Casey alluded to, you know, with the games coming up, who's real and who's not? Who who just had a good week? Who's who's legit? I don't know. But as for the as for the Saints, obviously it's it's tough for them once again for drew Brees, who's nearing the end of his career to to go down again especially in the first round uh breeze and brady might be on their last leg it's tough to lose this early in the playoffs when you work so hard all year so i don't know what's going to happen um with either of them i'm sure they'll come back for at least another year but it's it's tough to see the saints go down once again early in the playoffs just because they're, they're always a quality offense, fun to watch. Michael Thomas, you know, they're, they're fun to watch later in the playoffs, unless they're beating up on the Packers. But <laughs> And
0: we'll talk about them in a second. But the Seahawks and the Philadelphia Eagles also, that was the final game, and like Luke mentioned, the Seahawks, however, the weirdest underdog of this because they were way better than Philadelphia this so year, much better record. They took care of business in Philly 17-9. to 9. Don't really have to talk about that It That was
1: big about Wentz going out, though, in that game. It's, it's big. What's new? Um, <laughs> yeah, true. I mean,
0: yeah, and, and obviously the hit was you know referred to be kind of a dirty hit. We'll see how that happens and if Clowney will play this week. I don't know if the NFL has made a rule on that yet. But, yeah, Philadelphia, I'm, I'm going to be honest this year, the winner of the NFC East wasn't going to do anything, and it no. proved to be true. That was a really boring game, to be honest with you. Divisional round, here we go. Uh, tomorrow, Saturday, January 11th at 435, the Vikings at the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo and company had a fantastic year. But here we go again, Luke. Who do you trust more in this game? I mean, you have Kirk Cousins and the Vikings who can remain you know, a dynamic team. They went into New Orleans and beat the Saints, a very, very good opponent. Now they're going to play the 49ers who have a fantastic defense, an offense that I can get by. But here's, the, here, here's exactly what we just talked about. Those are
1: two names that we don't really see in the postseason together.
0: Yeah. And especially some of the players in there do not have a lot of experience.
1: Yeah. Other than knowing, I think I looked a couple of days ago, the line was seven. I think the the spread was Niners favored by seven. Um, but like you said, the only reason I'm going to go with the Niners is because Shanahan's a pretty good coach. He's had a week, an extra week to prepare. uh Vikings were a little banged up with their—they rested their guys last week of the regular season um, so that they could play last week to get the win. I, I, I'm i scared that they left too much out on the field last game to, to bring it this game. But like you said, I mean, Kirk, Cousin, Kirk Cousins and Jimmy G are two unproven guys in the playoffs. So— I I think the Niners being at home with the extra week of preparation will win. Um I, I'm hoping for a good game, but it's kinda it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, in this second round of the playoffs how Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins and, and the offenses play. I I think it the under's gonna hit just because the, the defenses will probably show out and quarterbacks will be a little timid at the beginning. A little bit depends on the play calling, but I'll be, I'll be curious to see how these guys perform.
0: Yeah. And the quarterback thing is interesting, right? You look at the postseason, you look at the divisional round right now, look at all those teams. There are only two quarterbacks in the divisional round right now that actually have legitimate playoff experience. And I bet, and they're playing in the same game. Yeah. So I bet you know who they are. So it is really, really interesting. But the young guys, the guys that are in there, do have been. You know, obviously Deshaun Watson, uh, Lamar Jackson was even in one last year. Mahomes was even in one last year. Ryan Tannehill, you know, another guy who's been in the league for a while, but he was on Miami for the longest time. Yeah, so, so that have means no experience. playoffs. So Russell Wilson and obviously Aaron Rodgers, who are playing against each other, are really the only two that have legitimate experience and even Super Bowl experience, you know, if you want to take it to that level, and it's funny that they're playing each other, so it's almost like whoever comes out of that game, in my opinion, should be the favorite moving forward Mm -hmm. down the stretch of the playoffs. People would argue me, but it's, it's true. That has a big factor. Vikings 49ers, if you're me and you're thinking like how I think, I will always go with the better defense, so I will take San Francisco in this game, which may surprise some of you out there, but I do think that even though Minnesota beat New Orleans, I think the 49ers defense is what's made them good. I mean, obviously, you're going to question Jimmy Garoppolo. You're going to question, you know, you know, the young guys on the offense. But in this sense, I've seen a lot of teams win Super Bowls based off defense, especially in this decade. You know, you look at the Denver Broncos. You look at the Baltimore Ravens with Flacco. You look at the New York Giants. You know, both times they beat the Patriots. People give Eli Manning the credit, and trust me, I'm a huge Manning advocate But you got to look at the players and the defense of those teams. Ray Lewis, I mean, uh, Von Miller, Michael Strahan. Those were some really good defensive teams. And I think that's the reason I'm going to take this game Mm -hmm. with the 49ers. Yeah, makes sense. So, Titans and Ravens is game two. This is a little bit of a different game because to me, you have a mind blowing offense in Baltimore and you have a stunning defense in Tennessee. To me Luke this is the best game of this this divisional
1: round. Yeah like like you said I'm curious to see the scheme Vrabel comes out with for Tennessee's defense against Lamar Jackson. Uh it's obviously been hard to solve Jackson and how he's been playing during the regular no season. No one's been able to figure him out. And, Not even the Patriots. Yeah and the Harbaugh and the in the coaching staff for the Ravens I'm sure with their with their week has been prepping something um you know coaching against tendencies and and things of that nature so I'm curious to see I agree I think it's going to be a really good game defense versus good defense versus good offense so I'm curious to see how aggressive the Ravens come out if they run the um, option a lot if they throw the ball deep long long shots right off the bat it's going to be It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a fantastic game. You have two
0: teams that beat the Patriots this season, one in the postseason, one in the regular season. One used defense, one used offense. It's going to be a good one. Texans and Chiefs on Sunday at 3.05. Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Here's the thing with this game for me. The Chiefs have been a dominant team. Patrick Mahomes has shown that. Patrick Mahomes, by the way, is one of those guys that you're not really sure what to expect as far as, you know, what Patrick Mahomes you'll get. He's been injury ridden this year a little bit. He's been a little bit inconsistent, but the Chiefs back in the playoffs versus a Houston team that barely beat the Buffalo Bills. This is a hard one to call, but if you're looking at it from an offensive perspective, you're probably
1: going to go with Kansas City, especially because it's at arrowhead. Yeah, and Chiefs defense hasn't been that good this year, and the Texans offense has been inconsistent at times. So, I think a big factor that's going to play a role in this game is Texans playing all their games in domes, and the Chiefs know how to play outside. They had that amazing game versus the Pats last year in the playoffs where they almost made it to the Super Bowl, but I think Mahomes at home in that climate is going to be too much for the Texans. Yeah, I think so, too. Seahawks and Packers, the game that Luke probably is the most interested in watching,
0: mainly because of Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. 640 on Sunday. Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, the most playoff experience of any quarterback in the postseason remaining. This one is also a game of defense and offense. Seattle, again, offense I don't buy, but their defense this year has been better. Green Bay, I buy their offense. I don't buy their defense in this. So it's a you know, it's a battle of of two swords. And I think Green Bay in the long run should find a way to win at Lambeau in the postseason. They've struggled over the last decade, and you know that. But Seattle, you know, it's going to be tough for them to come back this week and play a much, much better team than Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, and I'm a little iffy on the—this is like the first year with our offense. I'll disagree with you a little bit that I'm not— I'm a little more confident in our defense than our offense. Our defense is a little inexperienced, but I think against the the Seahawks' offense, we'll have a better chance— They'll play better than Rodgers in the offense Well, Our offense has been really off the whole year. It's been Rodgers missing easy throws, a lot of checkdowns like usual, not throwing the ball away as much, but the receivers seen like Devontae Adams, who missed a lot of games this year, is the only one who's really been producing from the wide receiver position the whole year, and we – Guys like MVS and and the supporting crew, Allison fumbles it every time he touches mm-hmm. the ball in, yeah. in open space. It's it's going to be interesting. I, I against the Seattle defense, I think this is going to be another low scoring game. I have a lot of family going to the game. It's going to be twenty and freezing Ooh, cold, so the, that that's the in the tundra. Packers' favor. Um, but Seattle knows how to play in the cold. It gets rainy and cold up in in Seattle, but not snowy in twenty. So it's going
0: to be definitely the one of the most. Close games in the postseason. I think this is going to be the closest one. I think a lot of the other ones will have some clear, clear victors in the second half going into the third and fourth quarter, to be honest. Moving to topic number two, kind of staying on NFL, though. Uh, there have been a few head coaching changes in the NFL. We're going to briefly talk about them. Jason Garrett, obviously we've known, has been out in Dallas ever since they had their failure. Mike McCarthy, the former Packers head coach, is headed to Dallas, and this is kind of scary as a Giants fan, because honestly, I think they finally found a coach that can run that offensive defense the right way.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm a little biased to McCarthy and how things ended in Green Bay. It's kind of hard for me to judge how much McCarthy was involved at what points, because Rodgers came more and more powerful over time, and they had some disagreements and play calling and things of that nature, so I don't really know how much Rodgers was calling and how much McCarthy was calling, but I think it's a good spot for him in in Dallas. He's he he gets along with most people pretty well. Aaron Rodgers is hard to get along with for anybody. But I think McCarthy in that in that system with Jerry Jones and and just getting along with all the personnel and it's it's more kind of a I don't want to say lax environment because their fan base is nuts and they have a huge fan base always on national TV and stuff like that, but to me it doesn't feel like the Cowboys culture right now is like the Browns or the or the Niners, where everyone's like going nuts about the team. It's just kind of been like flat heartbeat for for a few years now. So I think that's more on McCarthy's wavelength, and I think he'll he'll do relatively relatively well there. I don't know if he's going to take Dak Prescott to the next level and they'll start yeah. winning playoff games. Well, yeah, but. it's weird. It's like it's like high confidence,
0: low expectations, and I in those kind of cancel out each other. But it's true, like the fans. The players, the coaching staff, Jerry Jones, they have high confidence in everybody. They trust and believe in everybody, but they don't have expectations. And they're ready to, you know, to drop the bomb whenever and, you know, fire a coach, fire, you know, drop a player, release somebody, do this. So they're in that kind of it's kind of a, a very delicate stage. And if Mark McCarthy Mike McCarthy turns the Cowboys around, which, you know, we thought that was gonna happen every year. The Cowboys always come back into yeah. the season thinking that they're gonna be turning around and be the best team. And for the first five games this year they were. And then after that, they weren't. So they kind of went back and forth, and that's going to be their, their issue, and Mike McCarthy's got to solve that. Yeah,
1: they're, they're really focused on – Jones is really focused on culture more than it seems. They have these unrealistic goals of winning the Super Bowl every year, which just comes right. along with the franchise. But I think they've really focused more on culture. Well, that's the confidence. Than, yeah, they've, they focus more on culture than – I don't want to say doing what it takes to win. It's just a weird situation there. They never can see – like stay healthy or put it together. Ron Rivera, the former Panthers coach, is headed to Washington,
0: which will be really interesting. Hopefully, he can try to get some players out there. I think that's probably been Washington's biggest issue. They just can't recruit play. Nobody wants to go play for them. Yeah, it's not an organization that's really up there. And also in the NFC East, uh, the Giants fired. Oh my God, I forget his name already. I don't even. Care. Schumer, Schumer, <laughs> dude, what a guy too. Because he literally said in the last press conference. When they won did they win the last game of the year? I think they did. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. In the last press conference, they asked him, because they know his job's on the line. He they said, How do you think you've fared with New York over the last over your tenure, whatever it was, two, three years? I think it was only two years. And he said, I think I've turned this team, you know, better. I think we've gotten, you know, better players. I think we've moved around. I think we've improved in this area, that area, and I think we have a bright future. And I think it's, you know, it's because of all the tactics that I've implied. Uh, less than 10 hours, he got fired. So, obviously, he he didn't have a good, you know, justification of how they're playing. The Giants, meanwhile, they've been trying to hire a Patriots coach forever. And it's almost like hiring this guy, Joe Judge, the wide receivers coach of the Pats. was a last-second effort to get whatever Patriots coach wanted to come coach the Giants, come coach us because we know how successful they've been. The real guy they wanted was Josh McDaniels, but he just doesn't have any intention of leaving the Patriots, Mm -hmm. so they couldn't get him, so they go for Joe Judge. People a lot were saying that Matt Rule from Baylor was going to go to the Giants, but they didn't even give him an interview because when Joe Judge said he would join a member of the Patriots, I'm telling you, it's a thing, they hired him as soon as possible. I could go into this all day long, and probably so can Luke, but we're going to minimize it for you. My take on this is basically this. Well, basically that, honestly. The Giants hired him is because he's a Patriots coach. Yeah. There's no other reason. Do I think he's going to be a good fit? Only time will tell. Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, two of the greatest coaches in football history, couldn't stop raving about this guy. They really do like him, and I think that that's a good sign it's just a matter of can a wide receivers coach talk to the quarterback and the defense? Yeah. Can he talk to the special teams? Can he connect with every single player on that team? Now, the only people to ask would be players on the Patriots, you know, to go up to a defensive player or go to Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady, probably he they probably work with the quarterbacks, but to go up to the defensive and special teams guys and go, what's your relationship with Joe judges? Is it good? Is it bad? How do you feel about him? And that's the only way we're going to find out. So yeah, I'll let you, I mean, my, I, know you have I,
1: I told you a little bit, I I was ner- Obviously, they picked him because he's from the Belichick coaching tree. And of course, that, that means something that they endorse him, Belichick and Saban. I'm just nervous, kind of like you said, on, on managing a team and being looked up to as an authority figure, given the respect that he deserves as coming as a wide receivers coach to the head of the, the football giants. I mean, that's that's a big jump even for someone in, in Belichick's coaching tree. I don't know, like just feeling for you and the Giants franchise post Eli winning Super Bowls era. I'm not too sure. I mean, obviously, I don't know much about the guy, but just from what I know on paper, I'm I'm kind of nervous for him. Obviously, situations like this have worked out far more haven't, but you know, you got to give the guy a chance. Like you said, they're they're going with somebody from a system that they like and want to emulate. So this is a step forward um, in terms of getting rid of Schumer and, and looking for something, a better solution out there for the franchise. Doug Peterson is now the only
0: head coach in the NFC to East to remain. And matter of fact, he is now the longest tenured with Garrett out on the Cowboys. Well, Matt Rule didn't even get an interview from the Giants, but luckily Carolina picked him up as soon as possible. They actually even had a press conference with him already. I mean, this guy... We know how excited he was as a coach at Baylor to get an opportunity in the NFL is what any coach wants. Some work out, some don't. Look at Nick Saban who went back, and now he's one of the greatest college coaches of all time. This is a guy who really loves his job. Matt Rule is a huge football guy. He helped Baylor have a phenomenal season despite the bowl loss. They were still an incredible, incredible team this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And Matt Rule is going to do well with the Panthers. Again, just another team that needs to build in fluctuation with players and with the organization they've had a lot of controversy in the front office there our final topic in number two bill belichick is probably the weirdest coach of nfl history but is probably one of the greatest as well so we never really know what he's thinking press conferences won't tell you anything besides what color sweatshirt he's wearing Sources say he may leave the Patriots and or retire. We don't know what that means. We don't know if these sources have a definition of that. But Belichick could be done. And after losing to the Titans in a heartbreaking way, he's not like Tom Brady. Tom, Brady, He doesn't have an Instagram posting videos of lions attacking little <laughs> deers or whatever. He doesn't have hype videos. Bill Belichick is a completely separate person to Tom Brady. He likes to win. He does win. We know that. He knows he loves football. He knows so much about football. But he's also one of those guys that you look at, and at a certain point, he will say, I can't be bothered anymore. Yeah. So what do we take by this? Do we take it with a grain of salt, or do we kind of really you know, dissect
1: this and saying, this actually really could be a possibility through this offseason? Yeah, I think the three parties you got to look at is Kraft, Brady, and Belichick. I think we've seen with Jimmy G getting shipped out to the Niners with – Kraft picking Brady a lot of people thought that that was a retaliation by Belichick getting rid of Jimmy G I don't really know if Kraft sides with Belichick and goes long-term picture because he has he doesn't want to compromise his relationship with Brady it's going to be interesting I think he has to 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 pick a side because Belichick and Brady aren't on the same side they're not on the same page Brady wants to play as long as possible from what we know Belichick wants to win he's always thinking long term for the patriots as a as a franchise so if if belichick's feeling more and more not threatened but having less and less say in craft in the organization he he like you said just probably won't put up with it and either move on and ever coach again or go prove the patriots franchise wrong by taking over another franchise it's going to be interesting to see how much longer does tom brady play does tom brady go to a team like the Bears or the, or the Browns with McDaniels, if there's a split up with Belichick, um, I think there's a lot out there. I think Belichick, my gut feeling is that Kraft is going to side with Brady. Brady will be back in the pats on a one-year contract, and Belichick's going to be done coaching. But the alternative is Brady's out, Belichick stays, I don't think, for a super long time because things have already happened between him and Kraft. But... It'll be it'll be interesting to see the the three parties: Kraft, Belichick, and Brady. What happens between them? Yeah, and it, that's
0: Luke brings up three different possibilities or four. I mean, that was a lot of different oppor- you know, chances that could happen between the Browns, Bears, and Brady staying, him leaving, him leaving, Brady stay. So there's a lot that you know you can unpack with this, and it is interesting. So please keep your eye on Belichick and the situation there. Before we get to topic three, we'd just like to remind you. That Just Remanded Sports is brought to you by Enigmatic Entertainment, producing the next generation of fashion, music, film, and entertainment media on social media at Enigmatic on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also check out their website for the latest news on featured artists, events, and apparel at engmtc.co or any social media platform. We're wearing their shirt today uh, from the summer line that they came out with, and there's plenty more where that came from. Final topic of the day, probably going to be my most favorite one. Again, it's just going to be about five five minutes or so. Again, that's where all our topics are. We're running, we're already two minutes over what I usually want it to be at thirty minutes, which is the new show. But uh, like I said, we kind of just go and roll with it. We don't really have a time here, which I love. National championship is this Monday the January 13th at 8 p.m. on ESPN. the College Football National Championship presented by AT&T. Number three, Clemson versus number one, LSU. Both teams are 14-0. LSU is favored by six points. The over-under is just under 70 at 69.5. Weirdest line I've actually ever seen. Mercedes-Benz Superdome in Nui- uh, uh, NOLA is the setting. You have Trevor Lawrence, a young guy who's got Probably a year left in him before he heads to the NFL. And you got a guy in Joe Burrow who should go straight to the NFL right after the season. The Heisman winner himself. The last time these teams played, and we won't get into this too much, but we'll talk about the actual game itself. The last time these teams played, LSU played Clemson in 2012. They played in 2012 and 1996 as well. But the 2012 one we're a little bit more interested in. It's a little bit more recent. Number 14, Clemson upset. Number 8, LSU. 25-24 to on a field goal as time expired. That means that that football went through the field goal at zeros. Some notables during this game, Odell Beckham was a wide receiver, three receptions, 40 yards for him. His buddy on on the Cleveland Browns, Jarvis Landry, four receptions, 37 yards, and a touchdown. One of the greatest wide receivers in the league right now, in my opinion, both in, uh, in the playoffs as well with Houston. DeAndre Hopkins for Clemson had 13 receptions, 191 yards for DeAndre Hopkins. And then some just other other mentioned, uh, other players to mention. Jeremy Hill, who used to play for the Bengals, now a free agent, 12 carries, 124 yards. His last team was actually the Patriots before getting released. Taj Boyd was the quarterback for Clemson. He had two touchdowns in that game. 50 and passes. 50 passes, of course. <laughs> I mean, that's just a typical Clemson passing scheme. And then Zach Mettenberger uh, was the quarterback for LSU. His last team was the Raiders, just like Taj Boyd. Both teams, both players, excuse me, are out of a job so the recent one the one that's happening this monday college football playoff national championship in this new era of the playoffs is this a game that clemson has to try to win or is this is this lsu's kind of game to lose
1: um, I I'm really excited. Uh, one because it's the first time I think in the playoffs where we haven't had Alabama crazy <laughs> staunch defense like Alabama, like those Alabama LSU games that were like th- nine to six. Those were so boring to watch. The score I think is gonna run up in this game. Yeah, I mean yeah. you can see that from the over under. The I, I'm just excited. It's gonna be an exciting game. I hope Clemson. I think LSU's got a little. Ugh, I don't know. It's it's such a good matchup. I think it's it's going to be fun to watch both quarterbacks go at it. Joe Burrow throwing for crazy numbers, Trevor Lawrence mixing in you know some read option running with his with his pass. I, both these coaches have proven to be really 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 good pro- coaches who have respected their guys. They come up with good game plans. So Dabo's obviously proven himself in the playoff format being there. I I think to the final four every year since it started in 2014 and coach. O, everyone loves that guy down on the Bayou. He's, he's started something really cool. Burrow obviously is a great leader. So I'm hoping for a high scoring shootout. That'll be fun to watch. That's why I'm so pumped for this game. I think that it being the game being in, in new Orleans gives LSU a, a slight advantage, even though, you know, Clemson doesn't fear anything or anybody, but no. I, I think LSU's what the magic they have with Burrow and, and his arm and being in New Orleans, it, it's going to be an insane atmosphere. I think LSU's going to come out on top, but you know it's going to be an amazing game.
0: I do too. I think this is Joe Burrow's year, and I think next year is Trevor Lawrence's year. Yeah, I think that's how I want to put it. The most simple way is to say that. This year's Joe Burrow, next year's Trevor Lawrence, LSU's going to take it this year, LSU won't be the same next year, they'll be good, they will be. T- they could still be top four, matter of fact, they could still be the number one team in the nation next year, but this was Joe Burrow's year, this is LSU's year, I, I think I have the Tigers winning this game by at least 10 points, yeah. and I think I'm, I- I I'm going to take the over in this game, for sure, which is a bold move, I almost got 70 points, which means one team's got to score 30, This has got to score 40, but LSU had 40, 49 points in the first half last week, so... Yeah. I don't think it's impossible. They probably would have hit the over in the first half in that game. So, it is time for the rundown. Casey, if you're editing this, play the music right now. Thank you. Number one, 30 seconds on each topic. That means I pull out the trusty phone. And it's like the good old days. The good the old days. Radio. Remember that we used to do that? I loved doing that on the radio. People would hear that chime in the background. It's a little bit louder now. All right, 30 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Starts now. Russell Westbrook continues to play dominant throughout this postseason. Willing the Houston Rockets make it? They probably will, yes or no.
1: Yeah, he'll he'll continue to play well. I don't know. It's going to be the same thing in the past where does he hold the ball in his hands too much? I don't know. And he can't anymore. I mean, you have James Harden. You have a really good
0: offensive Front with the Houston Rockets, he really doesn't have a choice anymore. He kind of has to play with the team. You know, when Kevin yeah. Durant and James Harden left OKC, go nuts with it, triple yeah. doubles galore. But now it's it's a little different, and it has to be from time to time. Uh, yesterday, uh, a fan threw a beer on the court at Kemba Walker. Was that Vada? Or after Kemba Walker was ejected, it could it could have been Vada. But it was in Boston. So are we that surprised?
1: Uh, hmm. Yeah, true.
0: Not surprised. Uh, Campbell Walker was ejected from this game. A lot of ejections have been happening. Matter of fact, the the ejection the other day with Jimmy Butler and the player of the Pacers, I forget his name, TJ Warren, I think it was. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, he got a Jimmy Butler had an offensive foul, and then the guy like ran up on him and got ejected. Like, I'm all f- I'm all that for awesome. that stuff. It's fun. It's fun in basketball, honestly. Who will win
1: the MVP this upcoming year in the MLB? I think Mike Trout's gonna solidify himself as one of the greatest. He's gonna go down as maybe like close to the greatest baseball player of all time. His stats are insane, so I think he's gonna follow up another, with another great year with Anthony Rendon
0: and, and the Angels. I think that's gonna? Oh be a good yeah, danger. yeah. Uh,
1: for me, the MVP
0: in 2020 will be. I guess I'll go Pete Alonzo. I mean, he oh could have won it last gosh. year. Oh I, I had to bring that up with Luke here. He knows that he's uh, not the best with picking that stuff. Oh. Um, the Patriots losing to the Titans was kind of a shock to the entire world because this was the first time that we've seen them lose to a team that people really didn't expect would have a chance to make the playoffs. They made the playoffs, and they beat arguably the most favorable team in the postseason. Is the Patriots' dynasty done? As we knew it, yes. In terms of the Super Bowls every year, yeah, it's done. I agree. I, I think that this is, you know, Tom Brady only has, a, has years left. You know, within the next five years, he will be done, and so will Belichick. So that will be something to look for. Staying on the dynasty topic, in this decade, now that it ended, we're starting a new one, who had a better dynasty? The Patriots, the Golden State Warriors, the Los Angeles Lakers, and you got to think back with Kobe, or
1: the San Francisco Giants? That's tough. You gotta go, Patriots. Well, wh- in this decade, though. Yeah, I guess the
0: Warriors. Then I'm gonna go with the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. I would say it's either the Warriors or the Giants because the Giants started in ten. They started. They the won like every, every other year. Every other year after that, so it was pretty good. But the Warriors, they did it multiple, multiple times, and they did it. They did it faster than any other team. Yeah. Your favorite bowl game in this NCAA postseason was
1: the the last Clemson game. The, yeah, in the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, not Oklahoma.
0: Who was the other team? Oh my God, this is really bad. It was Clemson. <laughs> oh my. Oklahoma, LSU. Wow. We are we are dead silent right now. Ohio State. Ohio State. There it
1: is. Oh, because
0: well, they were bad this year. That's not. That's not. That's, I'm not that excited. was a
1: fun game to watch, though. Can
0: Tiger Woods win another major? Yeah, I think he could. I think he can too. He's.
1: I think he's got a good chance this weekend. What's this weekend?
0: You you should know.
1: This weekend's the Sony Open in Hawaii. That's what it was. Yeah. That's not. I don't know if he'll win. I don't even think he's playing. Is that a major? No. First major is the the Masters, which is coming up soon. Oh God, I'm so excited for that. (laughs) The
0: Masters, by the way, we talk about that a lot here on Just Man Sports. So. When we get to that point with the Masters, it's going to be a one of the greatest weeks in sports culture. Is Masters week has to be uh, the 2020 NBA champion. Will be who, and this is tough because the West is good this year. Yeah,
1: um, I think it'll be awesome to see the Clippers and Lakers play in the Western Conference Finals and then the Bucks playing the Sixers. I think the Bucks will win in seven versus the Sixers and LeBron will will his team to one last finals at his age um so for a Lakers Bucks, I think the I just took up all the time but I think the the Bucks are going to actually do it this year they look more consistent than they've been just letting the horn play out just know you ran just do it uh my champion is the Lakers if they stay healthy
0: if they stay healthy so that was it Casey switch to music now from the rundown to MVP coaching Team of the Week. Thank you. Team of the Week for you, Luke. Who is it? Uh, uh, should I have started? Yeah, you should. I'll start. Utah Jazz, they've won seven straight games. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10. They're fifth in the West, and they are climbing up very, very
1: quickly. I think Team of the Week's got to be the Titans. Uh, Derek Henry running for an absurd amount of yards, going to, into Gillette and beating the Pats at home to maybe end the Belichick-Brady era. It's pretty, pretty... That's a big accomplishment.
0: My coach of the week is Bill O'Brien. He stayed calm throughout the entire Houston Texans win against Buffalo, even going into overtime. They advanced to the divisional round. He's one of those coaches that does not get enough respect of keeping a team consistently in the postseason in the last five years since he's taken
1: Rome at Houston. I gotta go with Dabo, just the way he gets his team ready to play and and wills Clemson to win a game like the last game they had against Ohio State. It's it's cool to see someone in that position of leadership doing it the right way and, and getting his team to, to put everything out there. My MVP of the week is the
0: entire Tennessee defense just because all of them played just well enough to stop Tom Brady in an offense that you would think could not go without scoring multiple touchdowns in a game, let alone a second half being dry completely.
1: Yeah. Um, my MVP of the week's got to be who played well in the NBA this week.
0: The Lakers. They won all three games. I hate the Lakers. Well,
1: um, I gave you a good stat. <laughs> I'll go MVP of the week is, I mean, Giannis is, is averaging 30, 12 and six and Kareem averaged like 30, 16 and six. So That's he's pretty close. And they're both in their twenty age 25 season. So I don't know. I haven't been playing, paying, I watched the game last night but I haven't been paying attention the whole week just cause the bucks roll over everybody. But <laughs> Giannis has is, is gotta be my MVP of the week.
0: That's a go. I mean, he's playing well. So yeah. That's what I do.
1: And that does it for our show today. Luke, thank you for joining me today. Appreciate you having me on. I'm excited what you got going here. Of
0: course. Make sure to go check him out uh, for Cleek Clear and all his designs on his website. Like I said, we're going to put a, a description in the link below. Or a link in the description below. I said that backwards. And uh, stay tuned for our next Coffee Talk, which will be uploaded next Wednesday. Who's on it? I don't know. I got 10 people ringing my phone saying they want to do it. So this show, Mr. Popular. I know. Well, the coffee talk took. I told you I had to find something that was gonna make. Is people Votto happen. ever coming back? I'm sure he's gonna. He wants to do one with my roommates, with Tyler and Blake, because. That's he wants gonna be to, a madhouse. I know. Well, that's what. And and you know what? I'm okay with that. And then it's everyone's it's, gonna. L- Why well, don't you think I'm gonna do the show? I think it's just gonna just be, let them talk. Yeah, it's uh, gonna be like, Hey, I'm Casey. I'm uh, I'm <laughs> Just from sports, I'm filling in for Casey today. Like, no, I'm he he's totally
1: he's gonna, gonna pretend he's you and be like, Hey, this is Casey, right? And just completely box the whole thing. <laughs> and then
0: I walk in and he'll be like, well, you're not even going to talk in the show anyway because it'll just be the three of us. But, yeah, so make sure to check that. Make sure to go follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Just a Man in Sports. Also, go subscribe to myself. It says Casey Wright on YouTube. Check out all our other videos. And if you are watching this on YouTube, make sure to go check us out also on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You can also listen to the, sound, uh, the, to the podcast on there. And anything else? Oh, yeah. And and, uh, make sure to go to Enigmatic Entertainment on their social media and check out their new concert coming up on January 31st, their new show. They're going to have two shows within two weeks, actually. So keep an eye out for that. From Luke and myself, Casey Wright, saying so long, everybody. Until next time, I'm Casey Wright. This is Just a Man in Sports.